Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <laughs> and we are coming to you live. From the Rocket Mortgage by Quick and Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way, folks. Millions of Americans finance their home and their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom. I'm getting texts about the Browns right now. Oh, boy. <laughs> They're that good, huh? No, it's actually like a like one's a joke, and it's really funny. <laughs> Big rumors this morning. Big no, rumors. I, yeah, well, they're from Lombardi, so I'm not sure. There's a yes and a no. Like I don't want to sit there and rip on Lombardi all day long. Like the guy knows people, so I'm not going to sit there and act like. Say, an, is he not sourced? Yeah, he's pretty. No, well I'm not going to make an ass of my. Yeah, he's he's got sources. I I, I listen. I, I don't hold anything. I don't hold – there are grudges that I do hold against former Browns personnel. That's absolutely true. Personal grudges. Uh, but I don't hold anything against Michael Lombardi. Uh, he's entertaining. He's entertaining as hell. The podcast is good. Uh, unpaid testimonial. I can't see them. I can't see them firing John Dorsey, okay? I just can't see that yet. But I'll tell you during the break one of the jokes over there, Tom. Eight five five two one two four CBS. It was just it was funny to me. Um, I I wonder how many people are actually watching the NBA now. I, I want to get to the Browns here in a second, but I do want to know why why anybody's not watching the NBA. For, it's down fourteen percent from where it was last year. Now it was a very high number, so I have to balance it out a little bit. But I do think there's an underlying problem here. And I do think part of it is that it's it's toxic player empowerment. I'm not going to, inmates are running the asylum. No, no, no. You, you want your players to have good representation. But I do believe there is a group of people who are being, I think there's regular fans who are being told that you need to understand what players are going through. Oh, okay, you, well, you can kiss my ass on Euclid Avenue if you think that I need to understand what players are going through. If I'm a fan that's buying tickets to the 100 level of any arena in the NBA and you're telling me you need to understand what players go through, what? Is it too difficult? Is my cheering too difficult for you? I need to understand what you're going through? I think they need to understand what the fans are going through. The fans are trying to hold on to anybody. There will always be, no matter how we try to do this, and I don't think this is going to change. I think there are fans. When I was a kid... I loved Michael Jordan. I'm from Northeast Ohio. I loved the Cavs. I loved Michael Jordan. And I know that Michael Jordan got expressly in the way of the Cavaliers and winning a championship at some point. But the end-all, be-all, I'm a Cavs fan. There is confliction in the NBA. And it's been that way for a while. This is the late 80s, early 90s we're talking about here. I loved Michael Jordan. I loved Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal played for the Orlando Magic. It was like a weird, surreal dream when Shaquille O'Neal actually played for the Cavs, or the ghost of Shaquille O'Neal played for the Cavs for a season or two. It was wild. I forget about it sometimes. 
they're players that we do love, and they transcend sports. And we do it in other sports, too. I'm a huge fan of Tom Brady. I'll admit this as a grown man. I hung out in the tunnel once so I could see Tom Brady walk by just so I could say I saw Tom Brady walk by me when he was actually playing in an NFL football game. I said the same thing about Peyton Manning. I did the same thing about Peyton Manning. I'm a grown man at that time. I didn't have kids, but I'm still a grown individual who's married. And part of that you can say is sad, and I would understand why you would think so, but it's still ingrained there. But if you ask me who I'm wanting to win, it's obviously going to be the three teams around these parts. And we can respect players, but when I'm told, well, you need to understand them. I don't need to understand anything I don't want to understand. It's up to me if I want to understand you. If I think a guy like Larry Fitzgerald is a, is a well-reasoned individual and he says a lot of things that I agree with or he says a lot of things and does a lot of things that I think are great, and even if he doesn't play for my favorite football team, if I choose to understand Larry Fitzgerald, then I'm going to go ahead and do so. If I choose to understand Deshaun Watson or Cam Newton or I choose to understand certain players, that's fine. But when you tell me, and I think that NBA writers, and I know we have a couple that come on the show, and I know that a couple are good, but I think a lot of NBA writers carry a lot of water for these players when I'm being told that you need to understand, you need to grow up and understand what these players go through. Oh, okay. Click. I don't need to understand anything. At its very base, it's my choice. And it's my choice based off entertainment. I'm entertained by certain players, so I'm going to choose to understand them. You need to entertain me first before you tell me that I need to understand where you're coming from. It's a business based on entertainment. That's what the business is based on. We're not talking college. We're not talking high school. We're not talking the enrichment of the person here. We are talking cold, hard cash, talking about lifestyle, talking about what the leagues are supposed to be, what we want to see. And if I'm a regular fan in Detroit, Michigan, or Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, or Toronto, Canada, I got a lot of problems that I have to deal with. Sports is an outlet for me. And when you start to tell me that I need to understand the problems of guys who still on their worst day are probably going to be better off than I am, you're going to lose me as a fan. 855-2124-CBS. So you can believe in, in player empowerment, and you can think it's a good thing. To a level, it is. I don't want to go back to the old, old, old days where there's no free agency and there's no hope for any of that. I believe there is some free market, and there should be free markets. This is America. Yet when you're telling me I need to understand you and your personal problems, no. I don't need to. I choose to. You get to Bobby in Kansas. You've been more than patient. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Bobby. Do we have Bobby? There you go, Bobby. Go ahead. Sorry. Thank you, man. Hey, yeah, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I'm like, uh, speaking of the of the 80s and 90s, you know, I'm a huge Detroit Pistons fan, and and I think, you know, what you say kind of hits hard with me. Uh, unless it's a, a a fan, you're a fan of a team you love or a team you hate. I think it's going the way of the NBA. I'm sorry, of MLB or NHL. It's going to turn more regional. You know, if I don't like the team or if I or if I love the team, I'm going to watch. But other than that, there's the rivalries, I think, have gone the way. You know, you have the Pistons and the Celtics, Pistons and the Lakers, Bulls and the Pistons, Bulls and the Celtics, and I really think that hits hard. I don't think it's so much about player empowerment as it is about just the hard-hitting rivalries when team when players are switching teams. 
you know, every year it's like you said, I'm old school and, and it's, you know, you don't have a team to hate anymore. So either you love your team or you might dislike a team, but not as much as you used to. And I think that's a, that's a huge problem with the NBA. So I'm not turning it on unless I have a vested interest Mm -hmm. in my team, or I just really hate a team, but you don't find that hatred anymore. You don't find the rivalries anymore. And I think that has a lot to do with it. I think it's it's it scares me a little bit, and Bobby, thank you very much for the call because I, I don't want to be a, a disjointed part of the generation. Maybe there's younger people who they will feel that way, and they'll move on, and they'll say that it's part of the traveling roadshow. I brought this up numerous times when my wife and I were looking for a new house this last summer. I was a little bit surprised at the amount of, and I live here in Northeast Ohio, I was a little bit surprised at the amount of Steph Curry stuff I saw all throughout. I'm reminded of when I was a huge Michael Jordan fan as a kid, so... Maybe it's just a different sport, and I need to understand that over time about the sport, not the player. Maybe I need to get that. Maybe I'm falling out of touch there. There's a possibility there I don't want to have happen, but I have to look at myself too. But like when I went to the one house, I've told this story before, went to the open house, walked in, walked into where I. you walk into one of the bedrooms. Okay, this is where Axel would be. This is where if we're going to do this. I walk into one of the rooms, and it's all Kyrie Irving Boston stuff. Like, there's nothing there from the Cavs championship. It's Kyrie Irving. I go, yeah, man, you don't have anything, Cavs? Nothing? So what is a a fan to do then? And how do I cultivate that fan base over time? Because that kid someday will be a grown man who has his own kids, and and I got to try to draw him to the arena somehow. And Kyrie Irving refuses to play in Cleveland. So how am I going to get him in? I, I have to cultivate a fan base somewhere. I have to get I have to get fans to like my hometown team somewhere. It just can't be like Barnum and Bailey all the time. You might have LeBron coming to town or or James Harden or Russell Westbrook or Giannis or any one of these guys. Okay, what am I going to do with the other dates during the year? What am I going to do when the Pacers come to town? Like I have to have some connection. And if I don't have a connection with the team, I'm in a bad spot. Rich in Detroit, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. We have Rich. Go ahead, Rich. Not Sorry. Going, no, not I can't complain too much yet. Go ahead, Rich. Okay. So I just think um if you look back you got to consider something. Uh, there's some missing pieces here with your argument. Last year at this time, if we go back and we pull all the tapes from this time last year, it was the same thing. For the first time in a long time, the NBA viewership for the Christmas game and uh, all the other stuff surrounding it, it was down sharply. Mm-hmm. And everybody ran and said, oh, it's because – LeBron James has switched and is playing on the West Coast and people can't see him until late at nighttime. That was wrong. And while people, no one really likes player movement, no one likes player empowerment, these things might have to do maybe 10, 15% each uh, with why it's down. What the real problem here is, is, Last year and before the season last year, uh, in the the offseason, before the year started, the NBA changed two rules. The most important one was the rule on rebounding. And when the season opened up, for the first time in one year, the scoring of all the games went up 
15 to 20 points, Ken. Hmm. Artificial inflation of game scoring, player scoring. Hmm. You all in the media side with the NBA, and you believe that because people love offense and just want to see scoring, that fans are, are with this. But you guys are wrong, wrong, wrong. Well, you're right about Our that, games Rich. went from yeah. 100, 100 to 10 to now you got teams scoring 130, 140, 150 per night, and it's artificial. People don't believe in it, and people don't like it no more than they like an all-star game that ends 189 to 180. And these are all the regular season games. See, I call those folks, I, I call some folks haters about this, but there's plenty of people for that matter why they don't believe in Russell Westbrook and the amount of uh, triple doubles he's had over the last few seasons. That's right. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it's, listen, mm-hmm. Ken, if you go back and you look right now, every team from this year to two years ago, every team has one or two guys who used to couldn't break, could never score 20 points a game. Mm-hmm. Now on any team, the guy who's coming off the bench, like the eighth or ninth guy, he can get 20 points per game because they artificially jacked up the amount of possessions, the amount of shots, and, and the amount of points that guys are going to get. And, and the media truly believes, like you can't convince them that more offense means more. The fans love it. The fans just want to see Adam Silver and them believe this and because they're caught up on their own narrative, they can't even see the elephant in the room. Fans want to see scoring and offense and stuff like that, but we don't want it to be artificial. It's got to be real. I can't believe in the eighth guy on my team now all of a sudden can average 18 points per game when just two years ago he couldn't average but eight. That's not, that's a fair thing. Rich, and I got to run, and I thank you very much for the call. No, that's a strong point. That's a strong point. I look at it in a different different context. And you're right, because I don't know if triple-doubles matter as much as they ever did. And there are guys who don't have the amount of triple-doubles who are far better basketball players than guys who have an incredible stat. I think now it's probably, what, a 5-by-5 five five box score would probably be the more impressive stat? That would probably be the one? I mean, triple-doubles do not mean as much as they used to. I can't deny that. But when I see the player movement, it does, frankly, scare me. It's a weird line that I have to walk because I'm supposed to believe in free market. I'm supposed to believe in free market enterprise and personal will. This is America. And a guy who makes a decision based on his own personal happiness. We have guys now in the NBA where it used to be throw as much money as you possibly can. You have plenty of guys now who are willing to say, yeah, I'll take a little bit off the top and I'll go to L.A. I'll take a little bit off the top and I'll go to, go to Brooklyn. Take a little bit off there. If, if a guy doesn't care about money, how am I supposed to keep him honest? Money can provide honesty. And it startles me a bit because this is happening in the NBA. What makes the NFL great is that regular cities believe that they have the same shot every other city does. And you could say that's a flat-out lie. There's plenty of front offices that are decrepit. Plenty of owners that do a terrible job, and as long as they continue to do a terrible job and they continue to fire the wrong, fire the wrong people and hire the wrong people, they'll continue to be terrible. We have seen numerous examples of that in the NFL. But there's a belief because we're all supposed to be on the same pace, on the same level platform. And when Kirk Cousins makes his decision where I'm not going to sign anything, and we've already seen it, 
and and Eli Manning decided that he was going to work the system and go to the city he wanted to in the draft, and John Elway did that back in 1984, it starts to make you wonder, who's going to be the first guy to do it? Who's going to be the first quarterback to do it where, say they go and they win a Super Bowl? Whatever team it is, a young guy, he wins a Super Bowl. Ten times out of ten, they have signed big-time franchise contracts with their city. They go, they do incredible things. I'm waiting for the day one guy goes in and goes, you know what, I've accomplished what I need to accomplish here. It's time to go build my brand. I'd like to go to New York. I'm going to be a free agent at some point, and I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to go to L.A. and play for the Rams. I'm going to go to L.A. and play for the Chargers in that stadium. I'm going to go rebuild that. That's a terrifying scenario. That's the last thing the NFL wants to have happen. 855-2124-CBS. You guys coming up. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. All right, we ain't doing five burning questions now. Imagine that. We had to push it off. We'll probably do it like 120. We got Frank Schwab coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern. 120, which is what? 1020 Western time? Western time. Pacific time. <laughs> well, at 120 Pacific, we'll do uh, five burning questions. Or 1020 Pacific. Eight five. 855-2124-CBS. Boy, this is a great segment, isn't it, Tom? Go ahead, Tom. You're killing it. No, I know, going, man. Please. Western Standard Time. That's the second time I've done that in two weeks. They go, hey, you know, you can't just say the Eastern Time. I go, I can't do the math. Three hours back? What the hell are we doing here? Terry in Georgia, he's on Eastern Standard Time. The way God intended. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Terry. Oh, first let me clarify, Terry ain't no he, but second of all, Terry is a native of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and in the words of Coach O, go Tigers! Oh my God in heaven. (laughs) So, I just want to say, I'm 54 years old, I remember watching Larry Bird and Magic Johnson play when the money was like very low. Now the money that the players get paid is ridiculous. Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, they played with their whole body. They played in pain. Oh, they, they made a lot of money. Well, well, Terry, 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 stay with me. They made a lot of money, too. They did McDonald's ads together and things like that. They made a ton of money, too. Okay. I don't think it's a money issue. You have guys who are turning down money to play in bigger cities or different cities. But I think there's a lot of entitlement in the game now, Maybe. and there's a lot of ego in the game now. Um, I would say, yeah, 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 because at its end, it's if it's about business, then guys want to be better for their own business. I think at its highest level, there could be some ego, but we've seen this a million times over, and it's something that does bother me as a fan. I can understand as just a person who's observing it, but as a fan, when when we do NFL jersey exchanges, when we do the whole you know daps and pounds and hugs and handshakes afterwards, when guys are hosting TV shows together. It does take a it does take away a little bit of the fun. It does take a little bit of that away, and and I've been told that I need to accept that better. So, yeah, I just accept I know, it better. It doesn't I'm, mean I like I'm, it. I'm from the old school. I remember watching Pistol Pete play at LSU. I remember Burt Jones and Charlie Mack. I mean, I'm like way back, and so I don't like to see things change, you know. But I'm just saying, I remember watching uh, Howard Cosell doing announcements for NFL. 
and I've just seen a lot of it change, and um, I'm probably going in an area I probably don't need to go in, but there's a lot more players getting in legal trouble and accusations brought against them than it used to be a long time ago. And I think well, maybe people are getting tired of seeing that, too. I'd like, I'd like some numbers, and Terry, thank you very much for the call. I'd like some numbers on that. See, that one I think is a little bit different. We have a 24-hour news cycle now. So it, it, there was a time where I think you go back to the 70s. I mean, good God, your players openly dealing drugs. We didn't cover them like we would now. It's a 24-hour news cycle. So there are things that are blown out of proportion. I think if you look by and large, players have more to lose now since they do make more money. So I bet there's less crime committed, less actual problems that happen. It is just it's covered more. But you had players, I mean, Marvin Barnes, good God, you know the stuff he used to do in a locker room? 855-2124-CBS. I got to get this point in quick. It's going to be brought in during five burning questions. If you still leave your doors unlocked, you're a dummy. If you still smoke around your kids, you're a dummy. If you let your second-year quarterback pick his head coach, you're either me, which makes you a dummy, or a full-on dummy. There are things that are done around this league. And sometimes we change the way it is. It doesn't mean that it's a good thing to do. I look at five quarterbacks in this league, and I'm seeing some of the stories that are on the internet, and I know it's going to be brought up during five burning questions coming up at 1.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Where there's a lot of rumors going on around the Browns. And because I'm from Cleveland, Tom's going to ask me. I have to hold their feet to the fire on this. Because it could have been prophetic, and it could have been the worst decision ever. I see Brady, you got Belichick. You got Breeze, you have Sean Payton. You have Roethlisberger, you have Tomlin, you have Wilson, you have Pete Carroll up in Green Bay is maybe the only scenario where it's different. With those four guys, bona fide Hall of Famers, there is still a system of checks and balances. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady sure as hell haven't always seen each other the right way or seen eye to eye on every scenario that's played out with the New England Patriots. Roethlisberger goes without saying with both Tomlin and with Bill Cowher. Breeze, Wilson, same scenario. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is the only guy who has total 100% team control. Who They did everything they could for Aaron Rodgers. Even that's arguable because Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play forever. They expect Matt LaFleur to be a head coach for them for a long time. They're hoping. So even that is an arguable sentiment. But overall, maybe 90% it's Aaron Rodgers' franchise. These are big names, Hall of Famers, legendary quarterbacks. A couple of the guys I mentioned in there could, should be two of the top 10 of all time. Why on earth... And this is going to be a question I hope I don't have to ask because I hope that nothing happens to John Dorsey in Cleveland. Why on earth, though, would you let your second-year quarterback pick his head coach? There are things that we can do that just are ill-advised. I can let my son, if he can drive a go-kart or a power wheels and he's been watching me for a long time, I could probably put him behind the wheel. If he rides a bicycle and he's 12 years old, I might be able to put him down the wheel. And he might actually get from point A to point B without getting anybody killed. It's a terrible, terrible decision. 
I might be able to leave my doors unlocked. It's a terrible, terrible decision, regardless of where our society is or where you thought your society was. It was a bad idea back in the 30s, and it's a terrible idea now. It's one of the worst things people say. We used to be able to leave our doors unlocked, and it was stupid then. You, we don't even have the lines of communication now like we did. Or we don't even have the lines of communications then like we did now. It's even a dumber decision. And how on earth would you set this scenario up where I'm watching Lamar Jackson go for the MVP candidacy and probably win it this year unless something outrageous happens? He's the odds-on favorite for the MVP. I've seen Josh Allen be taken care of by a good coaching staff. Both those guys have talent. Both those guys have been able to take off and take their teams to the playoffs. And here I am entertaining Michael Lombardi, who's a very entertaining and knowledgeable guy, even though I disagree with him on a lot of things, and I think there's a lot of things that he sees differently about his own ego and about what he saw when he was in Cleveland, but I can still respect him, and I do. I have to read this. So many times, the term, you reap what you sow, comes out. And I would have signed off on that. And I did sign off on that. Because I'd never seen Baker Mayfield have a scenario or have a challenge that was too big for him. I'm not a football lifer. I'm a dummy on the radio, and I make stupid decisions and say stupid things sometimes. Because I would condone it doesn't mean you should do it. And I would have condoned it then, and I'm paying the fiddler for it now as a fan and paying the fiddler for it now as an analyst. And the people I know are paying for it as well. And I think of the very, very best in the league right now and guys who are MVP candidates and they're with good, strong coaches, guys who give them the what they need, the support they need, the type of game plans that they need, the type of stick that they need, what they need, they get. We hired Baker Mayfield's buddy. A guy who was a player's coach last year as an assistant coach, which... To some people this year might mean he was just kind of a runover type of guy last season. And now maybe the worst thing I could say about a head coach might end up being true where I don't know if they respect him. I know it's a terrible thing to say, and I hate saying it. Freddie Kitchens is a good guy. And I named five quarterbacks right there, bona fide Hall of Famers. And four of those guys have great coaches who are not going to take anything from anybody except maybe them. And even them, it's a two-way street. And year two, when it's a grown man league and you can't go shake your garbage at him like you used to against Kansas, that's what happened. And I expected playoffs. You can make stupid decisions and you can be me, but I'm not in a position of power. 855-212-4CBS. I'm sure it'll be brought up again in five burning questions. We have Frank Schwab in just under 20 minutes. Up next... I did something for the first time ever this weekend, which, now that I say it out loud, sounds way greasier than what I originally thought. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> well, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227, brought to you by GEICO. There's a quick way you can save some money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Diana Russini, ESPN. They got rid of Tom Coughlin last week. They are cleaning house in Jacksonville. Doug Marone has been informed that tomorrow will be his last game, correct? He's going to be on the sidelines tomorrow. Is this it? He's going to be on the sidelines tomorrow, at least as of right now. He's been told that he Mm. will be relieved after the game tomorrow. 
I love it when they do that. I love it when they do that. And then you show them on the sidelines the entire game. Oh, that's great. Hey, we're canning you. You can coach the final game, though, Doug. How excited are you guys in Buffalo? How excited are Buffalo Bills fans right now? We're big in Buffalo. You know David is in Buffalo is listening right now. You know it. Man, it worked out so well for you. Think about that for a moment. Bills fans, you, you want to talk about things breaking your way. Before we get to the other thing that I did for the first time ever. Uh, and I'm not talking about sex, so stop. Uh, I found out, and I still think it's a little convenient, but we find out a couple years ago that it was um, Paul De Podesta with the Cleveland Browns, or the analytical side of the Browns, was wanting Sean McDermott. I said, hey, I love Sean McDermott, but I think Sean McDermott would probably find himself in the same position that Hugh Jackson did. He'd probably get fired because they didn't have a lot of talent. They didn't have any talent. They weren't trying to win football games, but they wanted Sean McDermott. So the Bills instead get Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott has done a hell of a job. A hell of a job. So Doug Marone leaves you. Money, whatever it is. You get McDermott. You wouldn't have gotten Hugh Jackson anyway, so I can't even say you dodged a bullet, and you end up better than everybody. (laughs) You remember it came down to the Giants or Browns? You remember that, Tom? Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, sure the Hugh Jackson's getting Hugh Jackson's getting ready to go see the Giants tomorrow, and the Browns are like, nope, we're going to make sure he's the head coach. And the Bills end up coming out doing the champions pose. They get Josh Allen. Josh Allen don't look too terribly bad right now. They got a good, complete football team. They are in the playoffs. The Giants, they are not. The Browns, they are certainly not. And Doug Marone is fired. What a time to be a Bills fan. You're so excited, you're about to go right through a table. Eight five five two one two four CBS. I did something for the first time ever. First time ever over this weekend. Well, I saw two different movies, but I saw one of them for the first time. I actually brought this up a little bit yesterday. I have to, I hate to tell you, Tom, because there were a couple of people who said, eh, it wasn't that great. I thought it was good, but I also thought it was built up for something here, and I'm going to make another correlation to intercourse here, but go with me. I saw Star Wars for the first time ever. Woohoo! The original 1977 Star Wars. You know, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, the whole thing. I enjoyed it. I oh enjoyed boy, it. Ken, I oh didn't. Boy. It wasn't life changing to me. And Hickey, I think, saw it for the first time ever over this like last week. It was weird. Our timing ended up in the same place because it's available on Disney Plus. And he said he didn't care for it that much. He said it was overblown by people. And I I said, well, that's because Hickey's like 26 years old. Go with me on this, Tom. Hickey's 26. So his entire life and my entire life, we have seen people dressed up in full regalia. We have seen lines down the street for those other movies they released in the 90s and recently here. We've seen people turn it into a way of life. So it's been built up in our heads the same way you know what else is is built up in our heads to be the end-all, be-all experience. I really like this. Keep going. Yeah. And then we watch it, and that's where the comparison ends. Because for this, when it comes to, well, when it comes to that, I want to do a whole lot more of that. And that is the end-all, be-all of my life. But for this, it's like, okay, that was just fine. Like, I didn't say that after the first time I did it. I didn't go, after the first time that happened, I didn't go and call all my buddies and tell them, and I didn't hold anybody close to me. Like, that didn't happen when I saw Star Wars. 
I told you in passing. Like that wasn't that, that's what happened when I saw Star Wars this weekend. I went, oh, well, by the way, I saw Star Wars. You went, what? You just saw Star Wars? I went, yep, yep, yep. Because the other time when something else happened, if I would have had a megaphone, I'd have been like Jimmy Hart running down the street. Have that image for you. And also, can I throw something else out here? Before Please. I let you in on this, Tom. Yes. We need to stop with the whole Bill Belichick, Darth Vader thing. We need to stop with the Nick Saban, Darth Vader thing. And you know why? Because Nick Saban and Bill Belichick would never let his stormtroopers go out there and have that bad a shot. There is not a chance. <laughs> there is not a chance in hell they would allow their stormtroopers out there who are not dedicated and hemmed up and well-coached and ready to do their bidding and actually hit the targets that they're shooting at. I've never seen worse shooting in my entire life. Neither one of those guys. This is such a cliche comment, but okay. Neither one of these guys uh, are actually Darth Vader. You'll see in the next movie who they actually are. Shut up. Shut up. Don't ruin it for me. I didn't ruin anything. I know it was 40 years ago, but still, don't ruin it for me. I didn't ruin a damn thing. I just think that's... There's a Star Wars comparison to be had with both of them. It's just not to Vader. That's all. Okay. Okay. All right. Now I'm. Af- I was going to tweet that and be a real smartass, and I'm afraid to do it. Just keep going. I think you're going to like Empire Strikes Back okay. a lot more. It's a better movie, and I think. Yes, it's super duper hyped. So you're like, I mean, basically, this has become an American pastime. Hate watching these movies. Like, it's like prove to me why people uh, like this. This is what everybody does. I think Hickey, I, Hickey see, did it and just got increasingly that. upset yeah. at it because it wasn't blowing him away. It wasn't quote unquote life changing. I mean, what are the life changing movies that you've seen? Um, I'm not sure. Life changing? Bingo. So I mean, people make a standard no. for this. For this set of movies, that's different than their standard for everything else. I, I, this movie did change my life. There have been a couple other life-changing movies for me that I would say, you know, quote unquote, change my perspective on what I like about movies. And this mm-hmm, would be probably mm-hmm. the number one. I also saw really? it when I was six years old for the first time. I actually visited the VHS box set at my parents' house that I watched into oblivion this past weekend, and the copyright really? date on that box set was 1997, and I was already obsessed when I received that for Christmas. So, really? Yeah. So, I mean, I was that young. It had that much of an impact on the way I see all entertainment. I mean, it is, it's the hero's journey. It's absolutely down, dead center classic, my favorite thing about the the world of entertainment. But but that's, again, because of when I, I think, when I got into it, my entry into it, I never yeah. watched it being like, prove to me why this is so good. I that's just watched true. it with an open mind right from the beginning. I, see, I didn't do that. I go. I, I knew I wasn't going to be overblown with it. I knew I wasn't going to change my entire perspective. My life was going to change. I'm just not going to be that guy anymore. The chance to get me was around your age, and it didn't get me, and it never got me, and now I watch it as an adult, and I go, that's just fine. I don't think I've ever seen a movie, and it's changed my life. Like The closest it ever came to, and this is a really ugly thing to admit, or an embarrassing thing to admit, I was about 14 or 15 when I saw Blow. And I saw half a blow. What? what, I'm sorry? Keep going, please. No. Oh, I saw half a blow, and I was convinced I was going to be a drug dealer. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That is so random. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm a stupid kid, okay? That's that's the way it worked out. I I tell people all the time, I'm not that intelligent. You very much admired the lifestyle. That's what you (laughs) got out of that movie. I saw the first half a blow, and I'm I'm like, he's selling weed. I got buddies at school who sell weed. I can sell weed. And then I got to the second half a blow... And I went, boy, I'll never touch drugs. It was better than any D.A.R.E. program that I ever was. (laughs) Nancy Reagan could have shown up in my living room, 
And I stood up and like, yeah, but, and then I saw blow and I go, not touching drugs. Done. Don't, don't want any part of it. Don't want to do them. Certainly don't want to sell them. All that. When I found out that was a true story and George Young was a real guy, not a chance in hell. You want to be scared straight? Watch Blow at a reasonably young age. That's amazing that you pulled that movie out because that movie has significance for me too. I did watch it at a young age too, and the the ending there. scene of him recording that conversation, that message, message to his father from prison mm-hmm. or whatever, and then his father, mm-hmm. Ray Liotta, I think it is, right, simultaneously listening to it. I cry. I don't cry at movies. That scene makes me cry every single time. All I have to do is watch and, like eight minutes leading up to it, and boom, it's got me. I'm sitting And there when crying. you get the older you get, you realize Ray Liotta's right about all that. In real life, Ray Liotta's so, dad is so right. Not Chantick's commercial Ray Liotta. The character Ray Liotta plays George Young's father in Blow. It is such an underrated film, and I call it a film. That's how you know I know movies. It is such an underrated movie. And I, I swear to you, I'm 14, I saw that, and I'm going, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go get some, I don't know how, I'm going to go get some pot, and I'm going to start selling this stuff. And then I saw the other half, and I go, I don't, no, never, never, no drugs, never. That's how much of an impact Blow had on my life. But the other one, like Star Wars, Star Wars was a fine movie. I got done with it, and I went, that's just fine. I'd like, I'd like to see more of that, and I will. I'll see... The second one, I'll see the third one. The Mandalorian, if I can just say this to you real quick, Tom, and I know we're going to be cl- closing this soon. Sure, yeah. The Mandalorian, I'm getting annoyed by so many people telling me I need to see The Mandalorian. I feel like, I said this last night, I feel like Elaine in that Seinfeld episode about going to see the baby. I don't understand The Mandalorian thing. There's so little there. I stopped watching it. Uh, well, there you go. Everybody loves The Mandalorian. You gotta see The Mandalorian. Just finish the original trilogy. I will All not right. let you down. Han Solo and Empire Strikes Back is so up Ken Carmen's alley, it's not even w- funny. 140 East. I have to bring up the Irishman with you. Up next, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. We talk NFL, and after that, Jerry needs to realize we're only freaking out because of him. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.